email across the country, there are at least 50 parent and community groups pushing for book bans at national, state, and local levels. Several of these groups have chapters around the country. There are at least 300 chapters of these various groups. Challenging and removing books from classrooms and school libraries has grown into a scary social and political movement. Welcome to The Shrinks on Third, our psychology and social justice podcast. I'm psychologist Cindy Ariel. And I'm psychologist Julie Mayer. Come on in. You know, Julie, last year was not a good year for books, for certain books anyway. I know, Cindy. There were a bunch of books banned. The whole idea of banning books feels like something out of medieval times, like rooting out witches or using leeches to bleed people or coming after people at night with pitchforks and tiki torches. Right. I cannot figure out why people are so frightened of the contents of books. Are they even literate enough to understand what's in them? <laughs> Good question. But the more pressing issue is that book banning is leaving more and more students without access to literature. Agreed. Book bans are not a new thing. There have been bans on books in public schools throughout American history. Yes, one of the more intense times for banning were during the McCarthy era when communist books were banned. I guess it was because people were afraid that if someone read a book about communism, they become a communist. Learning about something and being brainwashed by it are really two different things. Good point. Besides major cultural times like McCarthyism, we usually think of challenges to books in schools coming from parents who get scared when they find books on certain topics like sex in their kid's backpack. Right. It often just comes down to sex, doesn't it? Precocious kids, they read stuff and they ask uncomfortable questions to uncomfortable parents. Oh, no. Oh, no. But the large majority of recent book bans are being pushed by advocacy groups who want to see censorship of certain ideas in schools. Right, Cindy, it's really political. Get this, during the 2021-2022 academic year, over 1,600 books were banned in 138 school districts in 32 states. The bans included over 5,000 different schools with a combined enrollment of close to 4 million students. That is affecting the education of a lot of students. It's basically letting those students know which books are most likely to be the most interesting to them if they can get their hands on them, of course. I sure would want to. Me too. There are already hundreds of new bans taking effect since July 2022 as well. Not surprisingly, the majority of the books have LGBTQ themes or characters and or they're about race and racism. There are also a lot of targeted books with themes related to rights and activism, sex education, and also marginalized people, including religious minorities. The book bans are related to the movement in 2021 to stop teaching race 
or the history of racism and slavery, especially in American history. Some legislators actually enacted gag orders to restrict discussion of these topics and other concepts in school classrooms, in our democracy, where there is supposed to be free speech in our free country. So that's where it started. And then it evolved into more and more general censorship of different people and identities. Even nonfiction histories of civil rights movements and biographies of people of color, such as a few books about Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor and one of the first children to have integrated the school system, Ruby Bridges, you may remember her. These have been included in these campaigns. There are just some people for whom diversity and inclusion is very threatening. They challenge books with people of color, LGBTQ plus characters, and any so-called sexual content, including books with information on sexual and reproductive health. Again, I don't really understand being threatened by information, whatever that information is. On the whole, I think all information is worth learning. Of course. A lot of the groups against books with LGBTQ characters base their concerns on old stereotypes that consider LGBTQ content as automatically sexual. For example, one of the books banned included a picture of two moms, along with other family constellations, and based on that picture, they wanted it labeled pornographic. Now, to be clear, the moms were fully clothed and just standing there with their children. Pornographic? Do they not understand the meaning of that word? Honestly, millions of children live in households now headed by same-sex parents. How can reading about families like theirs be inappropriate? What is so scary? So many of these subject areas have been controversial for some people for a long time. But the recent surge in targeting all of these books in public schools has really highlighted the fear it provokes for some people. Banning books with this kind of information denies young people opportunities for learning and growth, especially when they're struggling personally with some of the issues or wondering about sexuality and looking for answers. It can, honestly, it can be so comforting to read about someone dealing with the same issues that you are, especially if you're a teenager wondering what is and isn't okay. The books being banned in schools include books geared toward young adults, as well as hundreds of picture books, not pornographic, picture books for little children and chapter books for much younger readers. Picture books? This really feels pretty crazy. I think it's crazy. Right now across the country, there are at least 50 parent and community groups pushing for book bans at national, state, and local levels. Several of these groups have chapters around the country there are at least 300 chapters of these various groups. Challenging and removing books from classrooms and school libraries has grown into a scary social and political movement powered by these groups. Not a huge number of people, but they're really loud and persistent. Some of the groups hold Christian nationalist views, and in at least a few cases, the people pushing for censorship or bans don't even have children attending public schools. <laughs> Not surprisingly, and thank goodness, most Americans are, are actually against book bans. 
The movement to ban books like others we've been seeing basically involves a few people trying to impose their restrictions on many others based on their beliefs or preferences, not on the majority. Just like freedom of religion means that you can practice whatever religion you want and no need to impose that on others, if you don't want your kids to read certain things, you can have some say in that. Of course you can. If people want to deprive their own children of certain books and make those kids hunt those down and read them, <laughs> as a result, I just feel bad for the kids, but okay. But they shouldn't be able to prevent other people's children from reading what is acceptable to their parents. Where is the line drawn? Some of these groups want to ban real history or sex education for all kids. A lot of parents want their children to go to schools that teach curiosity and encourage exploration and learning. Students also have First Amendment rights to access information and a diverse range of ideas in school. Help them understand and navigate our diverse world. Our youth need to learn information from a lot of different perspectives, including and even most importantly, from historically marginalized perspectives which have so often not been heard. Also, children of various backgrounds need to see and read and be shown representation of themselves and their own lives and history. It matters so much to these kids that they can identify with characters in a book or learn history that is meaningful and relevant to them. That will really help teach them how to read. They'll be interested. Right. The groups pushing for bans get lists of books to challenge, sometimes from lists that teachers have to submit for their curricula, and then they frame them as harmful. Then they get people to do things like swarm school board meetings to disrupt them, yelling about grooming and pornography and other crazy things. Some have even filed criminal complaints against school administrators, teachers, and librarians if their jobs weren't hard enough before. Terrible. Some of these groups are able to create political pressure with the help of state officials or elected lawmakers. In just the past year and a half, there have been many proposed changes to laws and school district policies to make censorship easier. The bans vary by state, of course. But as we mentioned, 32 states have been dealing with them. The most bans were in, surprise, Texas, where there were 801 book bans. Then came surprise, Florida, with 566. And third on the list is our own Pennsylvania, with 457 book bans. New York had only 13, and Utah, really, that's kind of weird, had the least with a total of 12 bans. That was a little surprising. But the environment that teachers and librarians are working in right now is really intimidating. It is hard enough to be a teacher under the best circumstances. They are under more and more pressure. They are supposed to have freedom to teach the material in their given domain in the way they know to be important, based on their professional discretion. In this environment, they have to waste time checking that their choices won't be considered too controversial. Right. It's so unjust. Some book displays are quietly removed to avoid that controversy. I personally think controversy helps people to think critically. It's important to have it. It's part of a good education. It is getting whitewashed away. Teachers have to worry about their budgets, their professional reputations, 
even their very employment or personal safety. It's crazy. This movement, and this might now seem obvious, is totally related to the far-right movements imposing restrictions on others in the name of freedom. But whose freedom? What kind of freedom is this? These are some of the same people who refused mask mandates and continue fighting over discussions in classrooms on topics they say are divisive. Meanwhile, more targeted books are bestsellers or have received high literary honors. Several books by Nobel laureate Toni Morrison have been banned, along with books that have inspired film and TV, winners of the Nobel Prize in Literature, the National Book Award for Young People's Literature, the Booker Prize, the Newbery Award, the Caldecott Medal, this is so crazy, and so many others. <laughs> Among other major problems with these book bans, 96% of them don't follow the best practice guidelines outlined by the American Library Association and the National Coalition Against Censorship, groups that have developed guidelines to help ensure that challenges to book content are addressed in consistent fact-based ways that also protect First Amendment rights and guard against censorship. What a surprise. These groups don't protect censorship. <laughs> Some school districts either completely ignored or just found ways around their own policies to remove books. I just don't think that book banners care at all, this is what I'm saying, about protecting other people's rights. No. Some did things like remove books from shelves pending investigations but by doing that, they still restricted books for a while that, again, went against best practices for challenging a book. Right. Best practices have been developed for a reason. <sighs> As always, there's a ton of ways to get around policies if people really want to. And the thing is, book banning in schools is more of an adult problem. Right, Cindy? Adults who are afraid to have certain conversations with young people or afraid to have their values questioned, they find an answer in controlling access to information. This is not at all in the best interest of children or youth. I'm not even sure it's for the best interest of anyone, including grown-ups. And these grown-ups are causing great harm to our educational system, including our methods of education and intellectual freedom, to our youth and their First Amendment rights and need for information. So let's be really clear here. What is dangerous is not the books, but the censorship involved in banning them. It sets a dangerous precedent. It really does. But for those of you who are curious like we are, you can find more information about book bans and lists of all of the banned books and authors at Penn. That's P-E-N dot org. And that's how you will come up with a great reading list. It's excellent. Find the list of banned books. There you go. So at Penn.org, you might want to check out their recommended banned books reading list. They had a banned books reading week last year in September, and there's a list of those books. Have fun with it. Of course, they don't need to be read on any particular week. They're good for reading anytime. Absolutely anytime. Happy reading. Thanks for listening today. You can find us at shrinksonthird.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at shrinksonthird. Until next time, take care.